Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. So glad you could join us. Jot down the number if you'd like to join us, uh, 201-939-4513. That's actually to participate in the program. You're already joining us because you're listening and watching. I'm Paul Dottino. He is two-time Super Bowl champion, Jonathan Casillas. And we'll be here for the next hour to talk Giants football. Obviously, off-season coming up very soon. The final regular season game is Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. We had a chance to hear from the coordinators earlier today as the Giants begin their final days of preparation to face Philadelphia here at MetLife Stadium. Remember, that game was announced earlier this week to be 425 on Sunday. There was TBD on all of your uh, schedules that were printed out before the season. Uh, Late Monday night, the NFL, I think it might have even been Sunday night, late Sunday night, the NFL finalized the schedule for Week 18 and just in case, for some reason, you were forgetful, uh, this weekend's game is Sunday, 425, right here at MetLife Stadium against uh, Philadelphia. So, uh, before we start, remember today's program, as always, is brought to you by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York Football Giants. And an archive of this show after we have concluded will be available, of course, on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. Jonathan, uh, belated Happy New Year. You were out of town last week, so we did not have you here as the Giants and Rams went in a, well, very dramatic fashion (laughs) of a battle royal, and Giants unable to to squeak that one out, but uh, you, you missed a good game. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a great game. You know what's so funny? <clears throat> because we were twelve hours ahead in Thailand, I I couldn't really watch the game. You know, I, for some reason, the NFL app wasn't working. And then on the way back home, I was like, I'll just watch it on the plane. It wasn't working on the plane either. Oh, mind you, I landed today, so I I, I ended up watching it. But this morning, I was like, what? No, no, no. Like today, 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 this morning, I had a fifteen hour flight. I got here at eight o'clock in the morning. Oh my word! Yeah, and well, I got into the airport at eight thirty. I didn't get home till about almost. 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Wow. Right. Showered up and came here. But I, I got a chance to, you know, watch it on, on the ride well, You're back. a trooper to get in here for this program. <clears throat> oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I told Schmelk I was going to miss Thursday and miss the game. That's it. I'm not going to do no more than that. Okay. Um, You know, and I've I had, I had I've had a problem of missing flights in the past. 
and I've been doing really good. I've been doing really good. I haven't missed a flight in a while. It's probably okay. been a couple months. Okay. But like, it's like everybody like expects me to miss flights. Like my mom would call me, be like, "Hey, did you uh, you you, you got down there okay?" It's like my made my flight. She was like, "Oh, good, good job. Like, good job, good job, buddy." Like, wow. <laughs> so I've been doing good. I made my flights. That's the Watch worst the kind game. of busting coverage, by the way, when you miss right. a flight. <laughs> Watch the game, and it was a good game. A lot of chances for the Giants to win the game as well. Yes. Yeah, and that that was kind of. For me, it was heartbreaking. Like, what is we? Ah, oh, then the two point ah, it was just so many times. It's like ah, you know, know. the special teams came to play. You know, big play by Oshevsky on, on special teams, and that's two weeks in a row that t- special teams made some big plays. And you know, the inefficiencies of the offense bit the Giants again. You know, it's that's been kind of what the season's been like this year. Uh, there were some errant passes. There were some drop passes. Um, to be honest with you, um, I'm just going to focus with you on the special teams play by Olszewski, the 94-yard punt return for a touchdown. And the reason why I want to focus on that is because obviously you were special teams demon in, in your years in the National Football League. And the Giants over the years, I mean, they've had some really good return guys. Uh, David Meggett, of course, uh, Dwayne Harris, Dwayne Dominic cool. Hickson. You know, they've had some really good return guys. But over the course of the last several years, really not so much. Yeah. What do you see in Gunnar Oshevsky, who was waived by the Steelers midseason? Remember a few years ago with the Patriots, he was all NFL. But waived by the Steelers, look, since he got here, he has totally stabilized the position. Yep. And done better than that. Because not only do I think he's stabilized it, I think he's a weapon. He's dangerous. Like, yeah, he, tell me what you see. No, he's dangerous. You know, he's he's fearless too. Like he's a guy that, you know, that like he might do something that's a little unconventional. Like he might catch that ball a little bit deeper than he's supposed to. He admitted that. that. Kind of, he kind of did that. that. Last he knew week. it. He knew it. Um, you know, and but with guys like that, because he's so he's so sure of himself, very sure-handed with catches, and the guys that the Giants have had in at that that you know position, the return position, those are sure-handed receivers, and I'm talking about Shep. Shep's a short-handed receiver. Mm-hmm. It's a different story when that ball's coming yeah. either like over end like this or, you know, sometimes it's wobbly or they do the little like the, the reverse spin with, with the punt. <clears throat> Trust me, I don't want to be life on the line catching the punt. I don't want to be in that situation. <laughs> but for him to be able to to do it like and, and like we were talking about it when when he took over it was like it was no doubt it, like that he was going to make the catch before that. When Gray was catching the ball, even when Shep, it was always like, uh, like, are they gonna catch it? That's not a good, like, that's you don't even you're not giving yourself a chance, you know. And not only is he very secure in catching the ball, he's very dangerous because he does stuff like he did last week and he could return a kick, but he did it from deep. He might, you know, look like he's gonna run up and fair catch it, but all of a sudden he catches it and runs for 12, 13 yards, like. Like, he gets those hidden yardage that the Giants have been missing for years. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like a 12 or 13 yard return is a lot different than a four or five yard return. That is a huge difference. Huge difference. So, from the minute that he played his first game with the Giants, we were sitting in the box together and we already could see the difference in the confidence factor and the assertiveness factor of the unit because we're like, okay, this guy's got this. This is not a problem anymore. He has totally solidified the position. What does it do for the rest of his punt return unit players on the field? Because we felt it 
tangibly yeah. in the box. We did. What does it do for the teammates who are on that punt return unit when they know he's back there? Well, I've I've been blessed with being with some really good returners. My last time playing for New York, my last time playing in the league was with Dwayne Harris. He was right. really good. He was a tremendous football player all around. Really good receiver, can block as tough as nails. A great gunner mm-hmm. on, on special t- on, on on punt. And then one of the best returners, if not the best returner, when he was returning uh, footballs for whoever, Dallas or New York. Uh, where do you go after? Raiders. The Raiders, yeah. He, any team that he played for, he was a very, very dangerous returner. And you look at the other guys like, yo, let's get him in end zone. You know, like, it's not like that when you have a guy that can't even hold the ball, you know, like can't even catch the ball. You know, but when you when you know a guy has that, that danger in his back pocket because – like you got to be fearless f- to be a kick returner or to be a punt returner, especially being a punt returner, because kick returner is a lot more space. And when you catch the ball, there's no one around you, like no one. You know, punt return, huge difference. When you catch that ball, there is always somebody around you, usually, because these punters in the NFL, they're getting—I don't know if they're getting better, but they're good. They're good punters. They put the ball up with with you know good hang time, whatever four point whatever seconds. The coverage teams get down there, and there's usually people around when somebody mm-hmm. catches the ball. And you have to be fearless because even if you fair catch it, you might still get hit. You know, somebody might not have seen it. You know what I'm saying? So I know. He, the, the, the approach that he has, I think, as a returner, he, he makes those guys say, like, yo, if we get our blocks, if we hang on, if we go the extra effort, like, we can probably get this guy in the end zone. And I think he just proved that. And that gives you a little bit momentum and a little bit that more like that sureness about that. Like, oh, he's a guy. Like, we thought he was a guy because of how he handles himself. But now we return a kick. And it was a great, beautiful kick return, punt return. It was oh, beautiful. It was, everything about it was great. And, you know, that gives that, that group that confidence. Like, if we do our jobs, we can get him in the end zone. I, uh, I think the other thing about that return that impressed me and you'll love this being a linebacker. How about Isaiah Simmons? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Leading the caravan the whole down the sideline yeah. the whole time. You know, I'm telling you right now. It was now, a risky block in the back too. Brown, he almost got. I, was, I, I saw what I saw what you're talking about. Like that's one you look like everybody like when it returns over. Everybody in the room looks at Brown like, why would you do that? You know, like everybody, all the players like, yeah. bro, what are you doing? He was behind the play. But um, and, the and, Giants the last two weeks, Paul. And we've been, the last couple years, I mean, I've been doing this with you for two years now. Yeah. We've been talking about special teams. How there was a lack thereof. They don't make plays or make mistakes, penalties. None, none of the return guys were nearly as dangerous as what Olszewski has shown or as consistent or as confident yep. as he I, has those shown. Those are great words to use. Yeah. He was a just an outstanding pickup. And I, for one, will say this right now, I certainly hope the Giants bring him back. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, was, and I don't think there's any doubt in, in T-Mac's mind, Thomas yeah. McGahey, the special teams coordinator, that they would like to bring him back. He he was like uh, how good that Hodgins pitch up, pickup was last year for the offense. That's yeah. how good of a special team yeah. pickup. Yeah, I think that's very year. fair to say. Yeah. I think that's very fair to say. Uh, 201-939-4513 is our phone number. We're going to get to the calls in just a couple of minutes. I do need to remind everybody uh, that uh, – are we are we still doing giant season ticket memberships? Are we really it's doing the last that? Game, baby. Finish well, strong. I guess you can't. You, well, you can get them for next year, right? 
Okay, so Giant Season Ticket memberships are available. You can take your fandom to the next level, stay connected to the team all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available. Uh, well, it says for the 2023 season on the copy. I'm not sure when the 2024 ones will be available, but trust me, if you go to Giants.com slash tickets, or if you contact the team via email, or even with a telephone call, I'm sure they will be able to try to accommodate you and figure out what they can do to start a relationship so at some point when the season ticket memberships are available for next year, uh, that will be something that you could potentially partake in. Giants Huddle Podcast, also all the interviews with the front office people, the uh, the uh, national uh, NFL folks, as well as players, former players, et cetera, et cetera, all available. You can subscribe to your favorite podcast platforms or go to Giants.com slash podcasts. And, of course, again, as we've always said to you, if you go to the Apple Podcast, leave a five-star review so everybody can see what a great, great podcast we have, and we can keep doing them all the time. Single game tickets available one more week, Giants in Philadelphia, on Sunday, Giants.com slash tickets to secure your seat. And finally, the Giants TV official mobile streaming app has original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku and Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. I have now gotten all of the hurdles out of the way. We can now get to the beef of the program. 201-939-4513. And we will go to the phones, and I'm going to go to line three first. Dan from Connecticut, you are the first caller today on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hi, hi guys. Hey, uh, I had a couple of questions I wanted to ask you. First one being about Dexter Lawrence. He's uh, going to the Pro Bowl. I, Dexter, second time. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, we got you. When when I eat Dexter Lawrence, you know who I think of? I think of Reggie Wright. How he throws people around? Not even close. They're not the same in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) Zero. Don't even. Don't try to compare them. Don't. Don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. A question. Go ahead. Didn't didn't Reggie White start inside in his early in his career? Well, Reggie White was the kind of guy that they could move around anywhere that they wanted to, depending upon the snap or what what particular scheme they were going to run that day. Reggie White started in the USFL with the Memphis Showboats. Oh, I remember I watching. That. I remember watching him here playing defensive end and, and breaking uh, Doug Flutie's collarbone, slamming him to the turf at the old Giant Stadium. Oh, wow! Oh yeah, oh yeah. He was he was a force then. We all knew he was going to be great in the NFL when he got there. Go ahead. Okay, Paul. Thanks. Do you think they could put Lawrence at the edge? You want to put Dexter, Dexter? Lawrence on the edge? Not he's a good a, idea. He, he's he's a he's a huge, my mind. he's a huge human being, bro. Like he's he's, he's one of the biggest. Pounds. But he's one of the biggest men you've ever seen in your life. You're not gonna put that he's guy fast. on the outside. But he is fast. But he's not like you can't compare him to like Kayvon or, 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 or Aziz or even Jahar Ward. Edge rushers need a tremendous amount of bendability, pliability. They need a lot more athleticism and moves. Because it, it's, it's not just about rushing the passer when right. you're out there. Like if you play against like this this week's quarterback, Jalen Hurts, Dexter Lawrence, he's not fast enough to go and beat Jalen Hurts to the edge. No, if you've got to you run know? to the outside, by the time he gets out there, there's right. a lunar eclipse. So he'll 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 <laughs> shut he'll shut it down for sure. It won't be oh. nothing. But if it goes outside okay. of him, then you know, I mean, I, I watched him run down uh the Rams running back last week. <laughs> And he hit him hard. 
you know, by himself. But, yeah, it was yeah. a little bit closer. You know, it, it, you, I mean, I hear your point. He wants to make the comparison to, to the one of the greatest pass rushers ever in Reggie White. He's maybe 20, 30 pounds heavier than him now, right? Yeah. Oh, easy. Because easy. I know Reggie White was yeah. a big guy, but I'm telling you, Dexter Lawrence is one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen in my life. The thing that uh, Dwink Martindale said was, is probably the best thing that we could answer to you. Wink said, every good defense – Needs an anchor in the middle. He's our anchor. Yes. That's it. And both the run and the pass. I think he's just as good in the run versus the run as he is versus the pass. And, look, I, like whenever I watch the Giants, I look right inside. And it's usually – and you know what's funny, too? I, I started noticing a lot more stuff, too, recently. Like, Ashawn lines up a little bit further off the ball than mostly all the other uh, mm-hmm. interior D linemen. Dexter's right on the ball, though. Yes. Like, the way he does it is, like, his helmet is right above his hand. And usually the hand's a little bit further out, usually. But he's right there. I he's don't right know this. there. I suspect, he's getting to that center quick. <laughs> I suspect that is to give him a psychological advantage on the center. I, I think bet. because He's face-to-face. I think because he gets even closer than normal guys would, I think it's he's a very imposing guy. Yeah, he is. And he talks to him, too. By the way, Ashard Robinson's had a really good second half of the season. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to throw that out there, too. Go ahead, sir. I'm sorry, Dan. Any, hey, anything guys. Else? Hey, I'll say word for it. I'm not going to argue. I was just thinking, you know, one swipe of that arm, and he's there. But I got another question. Yeah. Um, at the end of his stint with Wayne Gallman, he, he was really getting some good yardage that year. Wayne? And, uh, you said Wayne Gallman? Wayne Gallman, yeah. Wayne Gallman, yeah. And I could be mistaken. I thought guard... At that time was uh, Kevin Zeitler. And um, I was wondering if the Giants would consider taking Zeitler back. I know he's a little old, but he was opening big holes, if, if I'm correct. All right. Yeah, but that, was, Pre- that was a while ago. Appreciate the call. Yeah, yeah Ze- Zeitler. Um, Just know Zeitler played with me in college, so he's not young. <laughs> Zeitler was in Wisconsin with now. me. That's actually what I'm looking yeah, up. And he came here with teammates here too. I'm looking up. I'm looking up his age right now. Just as a matter of fact, I mean, the, the caller asked about him, so we'll ask. He is. He's going to be on 34 by opening day. Yeah, he's just so you know, he's a couple years younger than me. Just so you know, he was um, such a like that. Like, see his face in that picture. That's yeah, how he always was. <laughs> like, he didn't say nothing to nobody. <laughs> um, quality player. Uh, we all know that. He uh, spent the last three years now with Baltimore after he signed there uh, following his career with the Giants. I I don't necessarily know um, at 34 years old, I don't know how many games he has left in him. I know he has started every game with Baltimore in three seasons yeah. that he's been in. But I don't know how much. I, and quite honestly, I don't even know what his contract status is with with, uh, yeah. with, with the Ravens. Would, would they... Would they be in now, a situation? I think he was when we away? looked up when we looked up free agents. I think he's on the uh, he's one of the top rated guys coming out, but he's older. Well, let's yeah. see here. This Boyd, twenty four. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh look at look at the deal he signed with them. Wow, check this out, Jonathan. Look at this. Friendly the deal, deal was signed all the way through twenty twenty seven with what? With look at this seriously. With four voidable years on the back end of the deal, that's what that's what's called salary cap trickery. Look at that, just four voidable years. I don't think I've ever seen that before. That's a lot. <laughs> I've never seen that. Before. That's a lot. Guy, but, you usually get one voidable year, and, maybe two or three, four. And that would have put him on what year? Thirteen. 
Well, if he finishes it all the way 37 through, at yeah. that point. Yep. Anyway, um, look, Kevin Zeitler, to me, was a really good player before he got here with Cleveland and was a really good player after they made the deal, that, that big, huge Odell Beckham Jr. trade that brought him to the Giants. Good player. Good teammate. You, you're not going to get a bad word about him out of me. No. Uh, I just I don't I don't know right now about that fit. Yeah, but he's the type of guy like he's like when he goes out like you know. Oh, he's he gets, serious. When he hangs out like with his friends like, like he gets into it with guys and he's past setting those guys. You know what I mean? He's like past setting them. And oh, throwing them across constantly the bar for fun. He's <laughs> the, the dude is thinking technique twenty four seven. Straight up. 24 they said, 7. I think they said it like when his baby was born, he was in the hospital doing like, you know. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, big fan. Yeah, me too. I just I, I just don't know at this point in his career what he what he wants, yeah. what the Giants want to do uh, in terms of finances, and also age factor. Again, he's going to be 34 opening day. Yeah. <sighs> This team is basically similar to Pew, right? Very similar well, in age group to, uh, to totally Pew. different players, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, do, do you want this offensive line as you continue to reconstruct it? Do you want to add more age to it? I don't necessarily know if you'd like to go there. I, I don't mind it. You know, I just know that the offensive line has to improve. I know that. That's true. Yeah. We're, we're, we'll understand that one. Yeah. All right. David from Michigan, you are next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Good morning, David. How are you? Hey, guys. Happy New Year. You too. Happy New Year, bro. And, uh, uh, Paul, thanks as always for everything you do. And, Jonathan, I got to tell you, your first season, you have been excellent. Thank you. Absolutely fantastic. I appreciate that. So, I uh, wanted to say that. So, like everybody else, uh, you know, we're looking at the draft and we're trying to figure things out. And here's my question for you guys. And I know, Paul, that you love hypothetical. So <laughs> here you go. Yeah. Uh, so let's say, let's say that the Giants are drafting fourth or fifth. And let's say, for the sake of this question, that um, Drake May is on the board at four. Now, there's going to be a lot of, uh, of clamor among the fan base to draft another quarterback. And here's my feeling. We just came close to setting a record for sacks uh, on our quarterback. And nobody, and I mean Joe Montana, Tom Brady, you name it, is not going to be successful when uh, the the defensive rush is getting into the backfield over 90 times. I'll do you and, one better, David, before you finish your question. How yeah. successful in terms of wins and losses with the Giants was Fran Tarkenton back in the late yeah. 60s, early 70s? The ultimate yeah. scrambler well before his time. And his right. offensive yep. line did not really hold up, but he was running for his life all the time. Were the Giants winning then? No. <laughs> not so much. Chuck, Paul, I was in the building for the Pizarchik fumble, too. So, you know. Okay. Um, any, anyway, so here's, here's my question, and, uh, and maybe the point that I'm trying to make, which is that I think if I'm Joe Shane or if I'm John Mara and we're having the pre-draft strategy meeting, 
this is I, I'm thinking if Drake May is on the board, there are teams that will trade up to snag him. And I want, if it's me, and I realize I have got to build, rebuild the, the offensive line for quality and depth, I'm going to have a contingent trade with probably, I'm going to rattle off three teams that I think we could have contingent trades with. Oh, for them to trade up, for us to get draft capital, badly needed draft capital back. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and Minnesota. And I want a load of draft capital back for giving those one of those teams the quarterback that they want. Because, okay, hold on, hold on. Let's let people okay. know. Pittsburgh is 18. Atlanta right now is 9. And Minnesota right now is... Where is Minnesota? In the, uh, 12. 12. 12. Yeah. Right now, that's where those three teams are, just so people know the context yeah. of your question. But I want... We need draft guys. There are too many holes where we have to upgrade from what we have and holes that we're going to fill. And... With people, I feel like with people who maybe never played the game, I know you get it, Paul. I know you, but the offensive line is critical to is so many things. It's not just the time of the quarterback. It's how good are your receivers going to be? How is the running game going to be? And then it's complementary football too. Listen, if if nobody thinks that the defense is impacted in a negative way knowing that the best the offense is going to score is between 14 and 17 points, and the offense is not giving us a legitimate chance to win week to week, that puts a seriously, and Jonathan can speak to this, puts a serious negative energy drain on how good the defense can be. If the if the offensive defense are not playing, I, I raise you one right now. I think the most critical position group in the NFL is the offensive line because it yeah. can it can make up for, like if you have a quarterback that doesn't throw the ball very well and you really don't yep. trust him, then you don't throw the ball that much with him and you run right. the ball more efficiently, mm-hmm. and you make him do certain things and you do certain things because you have a great offensive line. Same thing I, I with receivers. More, same thing yeah. with a defense that gives up a lot of points. If you gives up a lot of points on well, defense, your defense sucks. Yeah. Your offensive line well, will give you time for your quarterback to throw the ball down the field, well, and and get you get you to, to throw the ball down the field in you know in games where you're losing, and then also run the ball efficiently and get those four minute drives to end games. I think offensive line as a a, a, a collective unit is the most critical group. In the NFL. It's always been that way. Yeah. Football 101 is that the offensive line yeah. dictates the narrative of the game. Yes. That's it. I got one more very quick point to make, and that is about rebuilding the O-line. And that is, once I get that draft capital back for that pick, and I pick later, and I'll pick the best player available, I'm using some of that draft capital to go hunting for a trade. And I, because offensive linemen at best take two years to mature and and get their feet under them in the NFL, I'm going to use some of that draft capital to make an offer to a a team with a tackle who has already proved that they are NFL quality caliber. I don't want to wait two years 
for Joe Alt uh, or the kid from Penn State to, to mature. We need a we need a bookend right now to Thomas that can play day one and not get abused by Micah Parsons. Dave, I appreciate the call. It's not so much a question. It's more of a comment, and you're now on the record with how you would like to approach things. I will say this, Jonathan, in in asking you a question. Mm -hmm. I think the Giants are in a situation where they've got, even though it's a young core, they've got key players, you know, and I'm of the belief that Saquon Barkley will be back next year. I hope so. I believe that will be the case. Uh, Jones is obviously coming off the injury, yep. but he's going to be your quarterback. Um, you've got some guys on defense. Who... Oh, well, let me, real quick, before you go into it, yeah. Wondell Robinson, he's really good. Well, He's that's... really good at football. You could keep it on offense <laughs> and mention him. Uh, Waller's in the prime of his career. Yep. On the other side of the ball, you've got Dexter Lawrence. You've got Thibodeau. Um, you know, you've got some important guys, you know, Okereke. Yep. These guys are going to want to win within the next two or three years. I yep. mean, they're going to want to make a run at something. Not just make the playoffs, but they're going to want to take a deep run in the next two or three years with a bunch of these guys. So I understand his impatience about not wanting to draft somebody who you're going to have to mold and grow. I get that. But the flip side to that coin, and this is where my question to you is going to come in, I don't think it's very easy. In fact, it may be next to impossible to go to a team that has established quality offensive linemen and dangle draft picks in front of them and say, hey, we want those guys because they're proven and we want them on our side. We're going to have you take the risk with the draft picks and put your organization in flux. I don't think that's easy. No. It's like impossible because like, if you, if you think about it, it, the scenario he's kind of setting up is like one of these teams go, is going to want a quarterback where the Giants pick at. So trade t- that team, maybe a draft pick or you and know, weaken their offensive line no, to help they, you. Right? They're not going to do that. <laughs> I, They're not going to give their offensive lineman up and draft a quarterback. Like that's like. Doesn't I'm make having sense. trouble digesting right. that. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Just saying. I tried to go about that explanation very slowly as to why it didn't make sense yeah. to me. I'm glad you agree. I, but I agree with him in terms of upgrading the offensive line. I, oh, I said sure. that point right before he, he picked up the phone. Um, and I think it's a combination of young and older guys. I think you've got to have older guys, and that's why I love when Pew came to the Giants. If Pew wasn't out a year and hurt, because not only was he out here, he was hurt. Yes. He came back in the middle of the season and got thrusted into the fire. I'm telling you, it, that is – like there's no one that had a harder – maybe than injured guys like an Evan Neal, somebody that's kept on getting hurt you know, throughout this year and try to battle through it. I've been there before. That sucks. But what, what Pew did, like that's almost impossible to do. He did it. Yep. And I, I, was, I was very encouraged by it because you had that veteran uh, locker room presence. And even though Andrew Thomas is a – He's not a young young guy, but he kind of still is a young guy. Yep. He doesn't have as many, you know, stripes under his belt as Pew does. Pew's been with several quarterbacks, different teams, played on different in different different conferences. No, he played in the uh, NFC the whole time. But he's played probably every team in the NFL. He's went against all of the best pass rushers in the NFL. And also he knows how to conduct himself as a pro, whether that's on the field during games or at, like I always said. 
they need more fight. And I saw Pew fighting. I saw Pew getting in guys' faces. Oh, yeah. Because some people were taking shots on their quarterback. And Pew was getting after those guys. You need offensive linemen like that, not one. You need a whole bunch of them. A you know, whole bunch of them. And, and, and it could come from young guys like the John Michael Smiths. We're going to see what Evan Neal's like next year because can't give up on him quite yet. Nope. He hasn't played well. Everybody's voiced that. He's voiced it. Shane's voiced it. Dayball's voiced it. You were around last week when Coach told us he actually has to have a procedure on his ankle. I, I saw that. Yeah. I saw He's that. He's having surgery no, I, very, I saw very that. soon, said Coach. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said one of the hardest things to do is what Pew did, but then also what Evan Neal is doing and what he's going through because he's been consistently hurt since he's been in the league. Yes, he has. And when he comes back, when he comes back, he's gonna come, He's coming off an injury, off mm-hmm. a surgery, mm-hmm. like and, and just don't know how your body's going to respond. Did you catch the Tyree Phillips tore a, uh, a, a muscle in his leg I the other day? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. he, he had to come out. Uh, uh, you know Matthew Pert. Yeah. Uh, wound up. Uh, he's he's the new right tackle right now, and uh, and and for Tyree Phillips, uh, t- torn muscle in his leg. They they got to reattach a muscle tendon. Gosh. Uh, I, I don't want to put a timetable on that, but that's going to cost him most of the off season, I would believe, yep. if not more. Yeah. So you know, there's a there's a, there's lot, a lot that has to there's be sorted but, through here. But that goes into all of our points. Dan's point, my point, your point. The, the Giants need depth. They need depth. They need they need star. I think star power. You yeah. know, and, and they need dogs all on offensive line, especially if you got a guy like Saquon back there. I know Saquon's literally fighting for his life in the backfield, mm-hmm. not to the second level. That spin movie hit like ooh, that spin movie hit last week. There's only certain guys that can do that. Like the kid B. John Robinson, that's why they drafted him so early because he looks mm-hmm. like Saquon mm-hmm. when he runs the football. Yep. That's who B. John looks like, Saquon. That's his comp. David, what you need is the USFL because the Giants went and signed Bart Oates and Chris Godfrey out of the USFL. <laughs> and those two guys helped anchor a Super Bowl championship offensive line Thanks to the USFL's demise, Bart Oates was on the Stars and, uh, and Godfrey was on the Panthers, and they got themselves a starting guard and a starting center who had been seasoned by playing pro ball in the USFL but were not too old to come into the NFL and give the Giants several years of However, ball. they need to do it, can well, do it, will do it, should do it, could do it, whatever all the adjectives you want to use, the Giants need to upgrade that position. Yeah, And this year, the offseason – it was a whole bunch of things the Giants had to focus on last year. That has to be the number one priority. Has to be. 201-939-4513. Line three. Tim in Charleston. You're next on the show. Hello. Tim. Hey, Paul. Jonathan. Hi. What up, Tim? Um, Jonathan, you are a trooper for having a 15-hour flight and then showing I'm up I'm so tired, work. bro. <laughs> yeah, but I am the human alarm clock. You know that. I would show no, no, no. up. I ain't gonna lie. When I saw Paul, I kind of, I kind of lit up a little bit. You know, he had this vintage jacket he, on. Let me get, hey, give me that jacket. Show me that. Let me get that jacket. Let me put it on. I, I guess you're good. After, after the show, you're going home and going to bed. I'm guessing. But look at this anyway, jacket, bro. So, look at this jacket. I can't see. I can't see well, it. When, while, you, when you're while, done. While when you're phone. done. When you're done. Check out the jacket, bro. <laughs> All it's, right. it's older I, I, than I, me. I, turn around, turn around, turn around. <laughs> look at this, look at this on the back. I saw him, I said, I always, oh, boy, hey, man, look at the jacket. I love it. 
I, I always, I used to have, my father had a Botany 500 jacket that uh, I, I used to wear with a, like a, a rock t-shirt or jersey under it, you know, when I went to concerts and things like that back in the 80s. But anyway, um, so a couple of things. I just want to just briefly talk about this game and then talk a little bit about the offseason. Um, so, you know, let's be competitive. Let's give the Eagles our money's worth. Let's make it a last possession game. And honestly, you know, I'm, I'm never a tanking guy, but, you know, I'd rather maintain draft position because, like the previous caller said, it gives us the potential to trade down and get draft capital. And to that note, because I feel like we have so many needs, I mean, we certainly can address one of the guard positions in 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 free agency, uh-huh. assuming we re- assuming we resign Saquon. And I think that Dean Belton's uh, performance in the last game, yeah. um, assuming assuming Pinnock will be back um, in time for the season next year, means that they're probably not going to spend you know fifteen to twenty million dollars on Zay McKinney as much as I love would love to have him back. I, I, I have a feeling he won't be. Um, so that being said. You know, I think uh, Schmelk has said, you know, offense, offense, offense in the draft. But but we do we we have a lot of needs. So you could always use corners and pass rushers. Always, always, Always. exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. Pass rusher to me. You've heard me say this before, and I'll let you finish in just a second. I was on that program when John started this conversation like two weeks ago, and he was telling me, oh, you know. can't go defense, you know, gotta, gotta stress offense, gotta stress offense. I said, look, I get it. The offense did not produce as expected. The numbers across the board were not very good. You had a ton of injuries. I get all of that. But, but in that first round, wherever the Giants land, if they've got conviction that there is a bona fide game changing pass rusher, I would not hesitate to pull Me the neither. trigger. I mean, Banks, Banks was a great draft pick. As a cover corner, year. absolutely. Yeah. But but you know, look, he's the best I, corner on the team. If, if you got somebody that can guaranteed, Aziz Ojulari has still been up and down with his durability, and quite frankly, even his production this year may have been impacted by that. A big time. If you got somebody who is a guaranteed bona fide scary stud that you can put opposite Thibodeau, okay, you know what? You do it. You do it. I agree. And then Ojolari yep. just becomes an extra piece to that puzzle that you can mix in all the more. A hundred percent. But so so the way I look at it is I agree with you. If there is a, a stud pass rusher there, let's grab him. But if not, um I feel like we do have the opportunity, as the previous caller said, to trade down. And if we trade down and we can pick up this year. I don't want next year picks. I want this year picks. I want a two, a one. The other teams one, two, and three. Now I don't know if anyone's <laughs> going to give that up. Somebody's going to have to want a quarterback, or you know. I, I I'll mean, tell you what, though, I, I would sign happen. up for that. If the Giants can get that, a first, second, and third round pick for that first round, I'll take it. Especially if it's even the a top first, half of the even first a, round. Even the first. 
even a first, second, and fourth, you know, because it's rare that a team uh, when, though is going to gut all of this year's draft to move up like yeah. that. They want to spread right, right. out that hurt right. over a couple of years, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which doesn't help us as much as I want. So, because I feel like the needs we have, you know, it, all right, we can pick up a garden free agency, um, you know, but but we're going to if assuming a Dory doesn't get re-signed, and I'll assume he's not. We, we need to pick up a cornerback. We uh, like I agree a hundred percent. A pass rusher, an edge rusher, even if he's a pass rushing specialist, um, you know, who can go in there and play, you know, one or two downs per series, is is would be fine. So it doesn't. It could be you know. So now I'm not putting prior. I'm not. I'm not saying which round we pick whom, but we need a tackle. And we need a tackle because not only Evan Neal, but Andrew Thomas has been hurt a lot. And I don't think Pert, I mean, Tyree Phillips, we don't know what his future is with that serious injury. So, um, and so I feel like we need a tackle who can be, can be developed. Yeah, it may take a couple of years, but, you know, Evan Neal's going to get his chance, assuming he gets healthy. But um, whatever way it shakes out, if you have a quality swing tackle, and you have the opportunity to move one of these guys into guard at some point when necessary, um, it gives you the opportunity to really, really serious. We know we need to get better in the trenches. We need a defensive tackle. Um, you know, so we need two guards. We need a tackle. We need a defensive tackle. You're not a we big Jordan Riley structure. guy. You, you don't you don't and think we, Riley has shown you enough this year to think he could be some of the future? And would would you not bring Ashawn Robinson back again next year too? Are, I mean, wouldn't those three guys make you feel pretty I good mean, about the spot? I mean, yeah, kinda. I mean, kinda? Like I'm all for keep. I'm I'm all for keeping those guys and seeing what they can become. But I feel like having another weapon, another somebody, maybe not on the par with uh, Leo. But um, somebody who is is dangerous like that, and hell, maybe we we go back out there and we sign we re-sign Leonard Williams. Maybe he comes back to Giants. A lot, a lot more team friendly deal, know. though. Yeah, it would have <laughs> to be. I'll tell you that the numbers are going to have to be right for that to happen. But I do know this: yeah. this organization really respected him, and he had great respect for these folks here. And he because and that they, door was they left treated open. Him that's good because they really, they really treated him right at the end. No you doubt, know, they went him with with a lot of That's respect. A big deal. And, and yeah, we were, I was talking about that too. A lot I was, of respect I was... and said, <clears throat> "What do you think?" Yeah. And he was like, yeah. I, "I'm willing to go." I was, I'm I was to talking go. about you his know, contract almost... this offseason a lot. Tim, we're that... going to let you go. We'll yeah, let thanks, Jonathan Tim. finish. Thank you. That that number was what 31, 32, yeah, it was huge. 32 million dollars, and I was like. No one, I said it before the year, no one's going to get paid more than $30 million but Daniel Jones. And they end up keeping him, which was a big surprise to me at that number. That number is mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. But they did out of respect for his game and his locker room leadership, I think. Like, it's not just the player. It's the person as well, too. Like, I, there's a human aspect of some of these things. And you get a guy like Leonard back in here. That revitalizes the best player on the defense of Dexter Lawrence. He loves Leonard Williams. He's going to play better, you know, because Leonard Williams in the locker room. And Leonard Williams, need I say, he's only going to be 30 years old this fall. Oh, wow. He, he, oh, he's been in the league forever. He has a lot of tread left on his tires. Yeah. 
And when you consider uh, the brotherhood that he and Dexter had, yeah. you know what? I don't know what the number needs to be for his sweet spot, but I know that door was not closed upon that trade. That's a conversation that I certainly would want to be privy to. Yeah, me too. I would love that. Are we going to talk about this game this week or no? I don't. Nobody seems to want to. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. I wanted to talk a little junk. Three. Well, here's what I will. Because the Eagles got beat up last week. We ain't talk about that. Hugo, Hugo, listen. <laughs> we're going to go to you in just one second. I just want to make sure that we set the table for Sunday because Jonathan wants to do that. Yeah, so man. we're going to do that. Giants play Philadelphia this weekend. Okay. A couple things to keep in mind. The game is at 425 here at MetLife Stadium. Dallas controls the NFC East. I don't know if you're aware of that yeah, I know. since mm-hmm. you were away. I know. They win against Washington. They're good. They get number then two they win the division, and they're the two seed in the conference. Uh, and, and, you know, quite frankly, Philadelphia is going to be left crying and reaching for Kleenex tissues. Okay. If Dallas should screw up against Washington, which I don't think is going Commanders to happen. Commanders lost six straight, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, six or seven. that team is... Yeah. I seven always straight. thought they were the last team in the division, and that's what they are. They are the fourth team in the division. Um, if Washington should somehow pull off that upset, then Philadelphia will need to beat the Giants to claim the number two seed and the NFC East crown. That is what is at stake here. What time is the uh, Cowboy game? Same time. Same time. They're both 425. Makes That's sense. the way the league mm-hmm. yep. uh, kind of you know sets it up. Yep. For the Giants, what is at stake? Well, obviously beating your arch nemesis, which you always love to do. But the other part to this is um, just to be aware of how the game will impact the Giants. It is not something that they're going to be thinking about. I don't want to all of a sudden go about face here. The Giants plan to and in the worst way want to win this game. They are number five right now in the first round. They could wind up being as high as two or as low as eight, depending upon the complex permutation of results that will occur this weekend. That's, that's going to be part of the impact of what happens on Sunday. That is not their goal. Let no, me stress that again. Never. That is not their goal. That is not in their minds. The Giants want to win this game, and wherever their draft slot falls is where it falls. That just happens to be a a part of the result of what happens this weekend. Now, did you have something you wanted to add about this Giants-Eagles game, maybe something you saw a couple of weeks ago that that gives you reason to think the Giants can win? No, I just watching the Eagles the last month and some change. They're not the same team that they was in the beginning of the year. No, you're not. You saw the Giants play them tough. The Giants are the only team that has not beat them in the last month. They've lost to everybody else. You which, had to remind me. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm, I want to beat them up. I'm not trying to beat the Giants up. All right. I want to beat the Eagles up. Well, they 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 got some help in that game in Philadelphia. Well, I'm I'm looking at the game I against mean, the Cardinals. I want to talk about what the Cardinals did to them, and, and the yes. Giants are better than the Cardinals. In Philly, by the way, and they can run the ball better than the yes, Cardinals. Yes, they can. And they rush for over 200 yards. 220 yards. Mm-hmm. Everybody was eating. Michael Carter, the guy from the Jets, was eating on that mm-hmm. under watch. Everybody was. James Conner looked like Terminator for real against them guys. And <laughs> Kyler Murray wasn't bad passing the ball against them. Uh huh. They have a lot of poor. Like last year, and I said this all throughout the year. Me and Lance was talking about a lot doing the, uh, the the games and stuff. I'm like, man, the Eagles scare me, man. I'm not scared of the Eagles, bro. Not this year. Their and defense, they're talented. 
No, 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 no. Offensively and defensively. They're still one of the most talented teams in the no, league. No, see, I disagree. I think their back seven on defense has shown signs of age, injuries, and flat-out slowing down. Okay. Their back seven on I, defense I does not look that. nearly as imposing as it once did. I can't disagree with that. Every other position, though. I mean, you got Julio Jones scoring two touchdowns, and he's the third receiver. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Saying that out loud sounds crazy, but it's the truth. Good running back, great quarterback, great tight end. They're loaded. Good, great offensive line. Terrific offensive line. A play that always works. Yeah. <laughs> like which, which does need to be outlawed, and, by the and way. And just to know, all of these things I'm saying, they still lost the last four out of five games. Yeah. And they got 30 ball hung up on them at least three times in that, in that span. The Eagles, they're overrated. And I would say that now, but at one point, they were the best team in the league. They were 10-1. and Mm-hmm. Now they're eleven and five, and they don't look like a regular eleven and five team from other divisions. They look like a team that's struggling right now, that's fluttering right now, and the Giants could possibly beat them. I wouldn't think this two months ago. When I say not think this, there's always a chance, but two months ago the Eagles were the best team in the league. Well, the war of attrition has clearly, as I said, slowing down age and injuries. The war of attrition. Uh, they lost Slay and Bradbury in the looks secondary. Bad. Bradbury looks like he's out of gas. Yeah, and and quite frankly, uh, then Cunningham got hurt in their linebacking core. Remember they added Leonard, mm-hmm. but you know Cunningham was their most productive linebacker, and he got dinged up a couple weeks ago too. That didn't help them. Um, Shaq you know, Leonard looked a little rusty too. He looked a little yeah, rusty. Yeah. yeah, sure. Well, remember he just came over. Yeah. He'd been out for a while. You know so. No, uh, beginning of the season, it was clear that the best two teams in the conference were Philadelphia and San Francisco, and how you wanted to place them one and two was your option, depending upon how healthy the roster was. One team got better, one team got worse. That's exactly what I was just going to say. They went in opposite directions. Now Philly has come closer to the pack, and San Fran has shooted up. Yeah, for sure. And so there's opportunity. There is chance. and. There's always a chance when two teams go out there playing the NFL. There's always a chance. Always a chance. But the Giants do have a legitimate chance in beating this team that looks like not only physically, like this, you said, the back seven they're struggling, but I think something's going on with the culture and, and, and the mental, uh, uh, I don't know, presence that, that they have over there. Well, they, just, they just seem different. Do you remember how much time we spent before the season asking about how the change in the coordinators who had yeah. left mm. might impact this team? Well, it didn't seem to in the first half of the season, but maybe as time has gone on mm-hmm. and opponents have also picked Figured up more mm-hmm. about what these first-year Philadelphia coordinators were doing, maybe they haven't adjusted nearly as well as the coordinators of the past. past. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, be that as it may, we're not talking about uh, Eagles right now. We're talking Giants. 201-939-4513. Hugo, you are next on the program. Hello. Hey, good afternoon, guys. I I just want to make a couple of quick comments about some of the prior calls. And one one is a correction. Um... Kevin Zeitler was traded to the Giants in exchange for Olivier Vernon. Odell Beckham was traded for the 17th overall pick. Incorrect. 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 The two trades were melted together. When the the front offices talked about the trades, they had had a a framework of one agreement 
uh, of one of the trades. And then as they continued to discuss what was happening and they thought about another trade, they melted the two and it wound up being a huge haul involving a slew of players and picks. So okay. you ki- yeah, you're kind of you're kind of half right, but not half half wrong either. You're you're kind of okay. in the middle. It was yeah, a meatloaf. It was a meatloaf. Well, he helped provide clarity to something that wasn't all the way true. It was a it was a meatloaf. True. It turned out to be a meatloaf. Yeah. It was not one single deal where all the pieces were encompassed at the same time. It was a meatloaf okay. within 48 hours. I think it might have been. I don't remember exactly how many days. Okay. But yes, well, sir. it wasn't publicly. It wasn't publicly announced that way. I understood. Well, not at the time. At the time, yeah. it was not. But that's what it okay. turned out to be. Okay. And the one thing I do remember about Reggie White being lined up at the nose, he was the one guy that would give uh, Bardos fits. Uh, well, yeah. Whenever. Yeah. yeah. Bardos okay. was an undersized so- center, and and Re- Reggie was a beast, was a huge which is yeah. one of the reasons why they would move him up and down the line. For sure. So, so um, you know, so we're 16 games into this. That used to be a full NFL season, so the, the sample size is uh, deficient. Uh, and, you know, this has been a very weird year for the Giants. You know, I, I think the fundamental issue with this team uh, at 5-11 and 11 is a lack of toughness and physicality. And when I say that, I, I really point to three things. One, the terrible tackling. Whenever I watch a Giants game, I think of that old NFL Films video of Vince Lombardi when he says, everyone's grabbing, no one's tackling, grab, grab, grab. It, yep, I understand. Incons- inconsistent running game, inability to stop the run, and when it comes to mano a mano in short yardage situations, the Giants have been atrocious. So, let's go to the Philly game. I think this Philly team is, uh, and Paul, I said this a week or two ago, okay. they're exactly what I predicted by the end of the year. Okay? And interestingly enough, Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals, took my keys to victory, which I talked to you guys about a couple weeks ago, and executed it perfectly. Pin-pull concepts, power gap, running to the edges, throwing to the tight end, and slot receivers in the middle, all that and the key to success. So when I think about this game, if the Giants lose, it's not a statement about the prominence of Philadelphia, but could be more of a statement about the ineptitude of the Giants and just how poorly we match up physically against the Eagles. And that kind of colors my thinking about the offseason. Spoiler alert, I don't want anything to do with T. Higgins. I don't want anything to do with Mike Evans. I am tired of overpaying receivers like Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay, and a receiver type in Darren Waller. Let's get the physicality of this team right. That's the only way to compete. So I'll leave it at that. Thank you, guys. Okay. Uh, A couple items um, that I just want to address, the missed tackles number. Now, I can't give you exactly what the percentage, because I think the percentage of missed tackles is a better number than just the number number of missed tackles. But the Giants did have, so far, they've been credited with 114 missed tackles so far this year, which is the sixth most in the league. Now, to be fair, okay, 
I can tell you that the fewest missed tackles in the league is 55 by the Dallas Cowboys. More than half. How about that? And San Francisco with 61 is number two. And Kansas City with 62 is number three. What do those three teams have in common? All good defenses. Okay. Now, at the same time, who led the league in missed tackles this year? Seattle with 127. And they right now are certainly in the playoff mix. Uh, Miami is number four at 117. So, yes, do I think that missed tackles have been a problem? Yeah, I will. I'm not going to say they have not been a problem. What I wish I could give you, and I don't have the stats available, it's not in the chart that I have. I would love to tell you the percentage of missed tackles. In other words, giving you missed tackles compared to the number of defensive snaps that the team has taken. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to give you that because that may be a better number for me. It's not up there, huh? I That's <clears> not <throat> available. I All we have on this on this chart is yeah. total missed tackles. See, I, and I, I, I kind of agree with him, but then I don't because I don't think the most physical team wins every single game. You know, I think it it says a lot when you're the most physical team. You know, it's good to have that as like a culture and like as sure. a, as when you walk in and you want to establish being the most physical team on the field. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to execution. And that's a word I've been saying all year about the Giants offense. And last week's Rams game, was a, that was it. Several different times. The field goal at the end, the two-point conversion. The fourth down, the both fourth down plays. So many plays, so many opportunities. <laughs> you know, I got a basketball partner I do college basketball games with, and he goes, it's not how many shots you make, it's when you make them. It's em. when you make them. And it's those key moments where the Giants particularly failed in key spots. When the mistakes are that costly, yep. it's hard to come back from. Yeah. Like if it's a close game and your quarterback throws two interceptions and you're only down by three in the second half, not to say those interceptions didn't mean anything, but you're still good. You're, you're still good. You're yep. you're in one score game, and then stuff that happens after that, late third, yep. late third quarter, or fourth quarter, late fourth quarter, crucial that two minute drive, that four minute drive, whatever it is, those are crucial situations. And the Giants really failed this year in a lot of crucial situations. That's how they lost all of their games. Well, it wasn't always that they got out physical. It was the, a lack of execution. Very true. One more game to go. Sunday, 425, Philly comes to MetLife Stadium. Hopefully uh, we will see you guys out at the pregame show stage before the game. We start two hours before kickoff. Uh, don't forget, Big Blue Kickoff Live is here every single weekday from uh, 1230 to 1.30 in the afternoon. You can always catch archives of this show, which is presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York football Giants, on Giants.com slash podcasts, the Giants mobile app, and podcast platforms everywhere. For Jonathan Casillas, I'm Paul Dottino. We'll talk to you again next time. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite 
moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.